today. If you got your Bible, and I hope you do, be turning to the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk. Now, some people pronounce it Habakkuk, but uh, I pronounce it Habakkuk. If you don't know where it is, it's right after Nahum, and it's right before Zephaniah. Really, it's easier to go to the back of the Old Testament and work forward because there's Malachi and then, then Zechariah, then Zephaniah, then Habakkuk. And be turning to the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk. And we will be reading from there here in a few minutes. But you know, right now with all of the stuff that's going on in our country, you know, we've got, we've got these issues with this presidential election. There's a lot of confusion. It seems like our country is filled with animosity. Our country is filled with strife. Uh, you know, uh, and then you throw on top of that all of this COVID that's going on and it's rearing its ugly head again, seems to be uh, picking up steam again and there's a lot of uncertainty about that. People don't know what to do. I know me and one of the church family was talking earlier before we started today and he said, man, we need rain. And, you know, we, we just don't know why it can't rain. And I don't know for some reason this week, I've had two, two different people tell me, I don't think it's ever going to rain again. Well, I know better than that. Y'all know better than that. And I will tell them that, oh, yes, it's going to rain again uh, at some point at some time. You know, but there's just a lot of things transpiring, you know. And since we've got into this COVID deal, we hear the term new normal. The new normal, and, and it kind of seems like to me and, and several of y'all that, that uh, you know, maybe it seems like it's just different. We just don't get rain like we used to. And, and maybe, and I hate to say it, maybe that's another new normal. You know, I certainly hope not. But then, uh, you know, there's other things that's transpiring. And just like I told you all ago about my coworker losing his daughter. You know, and, and the guy that she was with, you know, walked away without a scratch. And yet she was killed. And we just, we don't quite understand that. You know, and, and we see, uh, you know, and ask the question, why do bad people prosper? Why do evil people seem to get along just fine while good people suffer? You know, how often, how often have you been confused by the things going on in your life that you have just simply cried out to God, doesn't God care? Well, this narrative that we're going to look at today, Habakkuk struggled with the same question because he saw the distressing situation in Judah where wickedness and injustice was just everywhere. It was running rampant. And his confusion asked him or drove him to the point to ask God when God was going to act to fix the situation. Well, you know, and we're going to read this in a minute. And, and God answered Habakkuk. And the thing about it was, was God's reply was nothing short of pro perplexing because God said that he was going to use the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, as the means to correct Judah. 
And the Chaldeans, folks, if you don't know anything about them, they were notorious for their cruelty. I mean, they would march into a nation and just obliterate the place, and then they would take the men as captives, and they would put fish hooks through their nose and lead them through back through the town, you know, showing off how big they were, how powerful they were, how mighty they were. And they were just simply bent on violence. And, and, and they worshipped nothing but their military strength, their military powers, and, and, and false gods. And so we're going to look at this little narrative in, in the book. Have y'all found it? Amen? Abaka? The first chapter? All right, let's begin reading in verse 1. The burden, or the oracle, or the prophecy which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Now, now this is Habakkuk talking to the Lord. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And thy wilt not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thy will not say. Why doest thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? That word grievance is trouble. For spoiling or plundering and violence are before me, and, they, and, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Uh, you know, that, that there is strife, in other words, is what he's saying. You know what I mean? Just, just sounds like America right now. Verse 4, therefore the law is slacked. That word slack means powerless. And judgment or justice doeth never go forth. For the wicked doeth compass about or surround the righteous, therefore wrong judgment or perverse judgment proceedeth. Now this is, this is what Habakkuk was saying to God. Now look in verse 5 and you're going to see what God answers back. He said, Behold ye among the heathen, or the nations, and regard, and wonder marvelously for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation or impetuous nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves or from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves and their horsemen shall spread themselves or charge ahead and their horsemen shall come from far they shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing that his power 
unto his God. Now, let's talk about these verses here for a few minutes. And we're going to look at some other scripture as well. Let me visit with you today about doesn't God care? Now, Habakkuk lived in, in Judea during the reign of Jehoiakim. He prophesied between the fall of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria in 612 B, I mean 612 B.C. And the invasion of Judea, which happened in 589 B.C. With Assyria in disarray, the Babylonians were becoming the world-dominant power at that time. Now, what this book records is the prophet's dialogue with God. And you notice that, that Habakkuk had some questions of God. And he was asking God, why does God often seem indifferent in the face of evil? You know, why do evil people seem to go unpunished? While other prophetic books brought the word of God to the people, this book brings the people's questions to God. And that's what Habakkuk was doing in those first few verses. He's asking God, why this? Why that? I cry out to you and nothing is happening. So he had been praying to God to stop all the injustice, to stop all the wrong he saw among the covenant people. This was God's chosen people, and yet they were disobedient. They were not playing by the rules, but yet God seemed to be doing absolutely nothing but tolerating violence and injustice and the destruction of the righteous. So Habakkuk's questions dealt with the age-old thing. Why does God wait so long to punish evil? Why does God wait so long to do something? You know, and, and then the other question is, you, you saw it in there, I've been crying out to you. He'd been pouring his heart out to God and, you know, and his prayers generally, and our prayers a lot of times, are not answered quickly. And we wonder, well, how could this man of God be asking questions such as this? But I want you to know, however, that these questions, these complaints, if you will, came out of a heart of faith in a righteous God. I want to show you something here real quick. I want you to flip over to Job, the 30th chapter. That one's a whole lot easier, huh? Right before Solomon. Job, the 30th chapter, look in verse 20. What chapter? 30. Job, chapter 30, verse 20. Job 30, verse 20 says, now this is Job's cry to God. Look what he says. I'm just going to read this one verse. I cry unto thee, and thou doest not hear me, or thou doest not answer me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. 
Now I want you to think about this. This almost seems similar to the question that Habakkuk was asking. I cry out to you, God, and you're not hearing me. You're not answering me. What's going on here, big boy? Well, I want to tell you this. All of God's people have this experience at some time in their walk with God. A time in which we cry out to God for help and he doesn't seem to answer. You know, even Jesus himself found himself in this situation. If you recall in Matthew 27, 46, when Jesus was hanging from the cross, what did he say? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? How many times, if you study the book of Exodus, how many times, you remember Moses, God called him in that burning bush, and he said, I want you to go get my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, you want me to do what? you got to be out of your ever-loving mind, God. You want me to go tell Pharaoh, just walk up to the king and say, oh, by the way, God told me to come get my people. Just let them go because we're in town. <laughs> you know, and you just think about how many times after they got out of there, did Moses cry out to God? You know, it was kind of funny how, how Moses, when, when he had the complaint, Gerald, to take to God, he'd go, your people, your people that you gave me is causing me trouble. And God would always answer him and say, your people, they were his people, Moses' his people, are giving you problems. But over and over again, we see that people cry out to God, and the answer don't come. And we wonder what's going on. There's a couple of things I want you to see here. I want you to see, first of all, that through this experience, our faith is tested. There is probably right now people crying out to God because of this COVID. And they're not getting the answer they want. And it's a test of our faith. But at such times, we must nevertheless persevere in faith. I've said it before, I'm saying it again. Where do we think the answer is going to come from if it doesn't come from God? You think about that. Secondly, we know. We know. The way God dealt, and I just read you that verse in Job. And Job cried out and he said, I cry out to you, but you don't hear me. But we know that God did hear Job, didn't he? And we know because of the way that God dealt with Job. And that God dealt with Moses and, and with faithful believers throughout history. That no true follower of the Lord is ever really abandoned. You know, by him. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 3.15, I mean 13.5, I'm sorry, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And no earnest prayer goes unheard. Amen. A lot of times people get confused about that. And they say, well, you know, my prayer is earnest, but God's not hearing me. Well, maybe you need to back up a little bit and check and see what you're praying for or about. But Habakkuk had been saddened by what was going on. 
the corruption that he saw around him. And in response, he poured his heart out to God. And I mean, you could take this and just bring it up to right now, folks. You know, today, injustice is still running rampant. But don't let your concern cause you to doubt God or to rebel against Him. Instead, instead, I want you to consider the message God gave Habakkuk and recognize God's long-range plan and God's long-range purposes. And you have to realize that God is doing right. God don't make mistakes. God don't goof up and have to say, oh, let's do a redo. God gets it right the first time. Even if we don't understand how he works and why he works as he does. Now Habakkuk's crying out for punishment on all of the injustice that he sees. And it's coming. It's coming. And it would be at the hands of, what did the Bible tell us? The Babylonians. The Chaldeans. Chaldeans, however you say that. But this is a thing. This is a thing. This is what God told Habakkuk. And you know what? Habakkuk was appalled. He's like, you, what? You're going to use people that are more wicked than what I'm looking at to Bring your judgment? But God said, hang on a minute. You look at here. The Babylonians don't know that they're going to be used by me to correct my people, to help my people return to me. And the other thing I want you to know is that the Babylonians are so full of themselves, they're so proud of in all of their victories, and that's going to be their downfall. You see, evil, evil is self-destructive, and it is never beyond God's control. God may use some very unusual instruments to punish us, to correct us, but when we deserve punishment, or correction, how can we complain about the rod that God uses on us? How many of y'all ever had to go out when you were staying with Granny and cut your own switch? <laughs> now, I know there's probably young people listening that'll listen to this podcast and go, what's a switch? That's the thing you turn on the lights with. How many of you had to go out and cut your own switch? Now, what's the worst mistake you could make when you had to go out and cut your own switch? You, yeah, you come back with a little one and oh my, you were really fixing to get a whooping. You did, but you didn't want to go out and get a great old Megan, but you didn't want to get a little bit because then they were going to go out and get one. So you see what I'm saying? When we ask God, or God is going to correct us, we can't be complaining about the, the switch He uses to correct us. Now, many people have asked, Wherefore doeth the wicked, the way of the wicked prosper? 
I want you to understand. I want you to know that God's ultimate justice will come. But the problem is we're impatient. Because we want justice to come quickly. And you notice in here that when God answers Habakkuk, he doesn't give him a doctrinal answer. He gives him a challenge. This is something we need to pick up on, folks. He gives us a challenge. That's what he did instead of a, a doctrinal answer. And here's what God is saying. God is saying, if we can't handle the injustice and what's going on in our world right now, how are we going to handle the injustice that's going to be much worse in the future? You see, it, it's much, it, it's natural for us to demand fair play, to cry out for justice against those who take advantage of others. But here's the thing, when we cry out for, for justice, you know, we see something bad happening, and we think, man, God needs to intervene here. God needs to do something about this. And when we call for justice, we have to realize that we ourselves would be in big trouble, deep trouble, if God gave each one of us what we truly deserve. Now you think about that. You see, these people claim to belong to God. They said, we're your children. But they were disobedient. They were merely went through the motions. Therefore, God was going to bring vengeance upon them. Why? Because religion had become routine instead of real. You know, Jesus even quoted this situation when he was confronting the Pharisees in the New Testament about their hypocrisy. And when he spoke to the religious leaders of his day, he brought this up. You know, we're all capable of hypocrisy. Often we slip into this routine form of worship, which may mean nothing to us. If we want to be called God's people, folks, we have to be obedient. We have to worship Him honestly and sincerely. Do you remember the story of Daniel? You remember Daniel and his buddies? You remember the king raised them up to positions of power. But he also built this great, big, gigantic, humongous uh, a statue, and he said, when the music plays, everybody bows down and worships my statue. And Daniel said, sorry, king. Ain't gonna happen. Me and my buds, we're not gonna do it. And what happened? They wound up in the fiery furnace. But they didn't bow. They didn't bend. And they didn't burn, neither did they. <laughs> God told these inhabitants of Jerusalem that they would be astounded at what he was about to do. And this is the amazing thing to me. They were going to see four or five things happen. They were going to see a series of unbelievable events. God told them that. What did he say? He said, I'm going to work a mighty work 
right before your very eyes. Are you ready? Are you ready? You better be watching. You better be paying attention. Because I'm going to do it the first thing. Their own independent and prosperous kingdom, Judah, would be suddenly a subordinate nation. The second thing, Egypt, which was a world power for centuries, would be crushed almost overnight. Nineveh, you remember I told you was the capital of the Assyrian Empire? It would be so completely ransacked that people would forget where it was. Fourthly, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, would rise to power. And though those words were indeed astounding, and there probably were people just like you and me today sitting there going, until I see it, I ain't going to believe it. And they, they saw it fulfilled during their lifetime. Right before their very eyes. You see, some people think that God is an indulgent heavenly grandfather. Nice to have around but not a real force in shaping modern life. They don't believe in His power. They don't believe in His coming judgment. But God is holy, and therefore He will actively judge and justly punish everyone who is content to live in sin, indifferent to Him, or unconcerned about judgment. When people are indifferent to God, they think that God is indifferent to them and their sin and their way of life. They will be utterly surprised at some point, at some time. You see, Babylon was so proud of their military might, their military army, their military strategy, their military weapons. And they had absolutely no regard for humanity whatsoever. And their armies, whenever they went into a place and conquered it, they plundered everything. They took everything of value. They took captives uh, as a tribute for their nations that they, 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 they conquered. You might say that they were in love with themselves. You know, they looked at their power. They looked at their accomplishments with such fondness that it became their God. But I want to tell you something. And I want you to listen real close to this. It is real easy for an individual or a leader or a nation to become too big for their britches. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Amen. You better be listening to me. This is my prophecy to you. They can become too big for the britches. And we as individuals can say the same thing. I'm telling you, when we get to that point that we're no longer concerned about God, that we think we are strong in our own power, and we're climbing that, that mountain to that point where we think we're mightier than God, and the higher we climb and the further up we go, when we fall, when God reaches down and jerks that rug out from under us, the farther we fall and all the more it hurts. So in moments when you don't understand God in His ways and why He works the way He works, we need to trust 
his unchanging character. And that's exactly what Habakkuk did because he believed that God was a God of justice and of mercy and of truth. And all of those are central characteristics of, of the way God rules. They summarize his, his, uh, his character. So in the process, Habakkuk learned to look at his circumstances from the framework of God's character instead of looking at God's character from the framework of his own circumstances. And he concluded this. If you still got your Bibles open, look in the third chapter of Habakkuk, verse 19. Because this was what he concluded. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer, like, like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. That, that's Habakkuk 3.19. But now I want to ask you something else. You know, Habakkuk had asked God why evil people prospered while righteous people suffered. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been wronged in your life? Have you ever had injustice in your life? I want to show you something here real quick before we wrap this up. I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Real quick here. I got to go. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Now, now Habakkuk, Habakkuk was seeing all this injustice and all this stuff going wrong. And he was crying out to God and he's, he's wondering if God's ever going to do anything about it. And I just want to give you just this one verse of comfort here out of 2 Timothy. I ask you the question, have you ever had injustice in your life? I want you to look in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want you to look in verse 14. Y'all there? Amen? Amen. says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. But then it says, the Lord reward him according to his works. Did you get that? In other words, sometimes instead of sitting there thinking, well, it's time for me to get mad and it's time for me to get even, sometimes we just need to take it to God and get the heck out of the way and let God do what God knows how to do best. Amen. And that's what you see in this situation we're talking about in our narrative today. Let me wipe this up. You know, whenever, whenever Habakkuk asked, why do evil people prosper? Why do the righteous suffer? God's answer to him was this. They don't. Not in the long run. Habakkuk saw his own limitations in, in contrast to God's unlimited control of all world events. Don't become confused. Be relying on God. You know, we cannot see all the things that God is doing. We just can't. And we cannot see all the things that God will do. But, you saw that coming. 
We can be assured that, that He is God and He is going to do what is right. And knowing that should bring us confidence and hope in this time of confusion, in this time of uncertainty. I'm telling you, cling to your faith and trust in the Almighty God. Take your concerns to Him and then get out of the way and let Him do what He does best. For I tell you, He knows far much more than we can ever even begin to conceive. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. Father, I just thank you for this church, this church family. And Father, in this time of confusion, in this time of uncertainty that we're living in, Father, in this time of drought, we call on you. We cry out to you, knowing that the answer is on the way, knowing that you're going to do right. Just help us, Father, not to be impatient. Help us, Father, to just trust in you, to cling to our faith. Father, we just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. All that you do for us, so much we take for granted, Father. And we just thank you for the miracles of healing that we've been hearing about today. Father, we just pray that you will continue along that path. Father, we just lift up all of our prayer requests. All of, all of the tragedy that we've heard about, Father. All, 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 all the bad things that people are going through, that people are dealing with. And we just ask that that need be met, Father. We just ask that you watch over us, that you guide us, that you direct us. Father, I just thank you and praise you for this church, this church family. And just help us carry on. Just help us carry on, Father. Just help us look forward, taking one step at a time and doing what we can to serve you. Forgive us where we fail you, Father. We thank you for, for all the blessings. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.